Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, how how you doing this summer? How's the heat been treating you? First of all, I hate summer. Uh, I feel like it's been 90 <laughs> oh my, degrees oh like my. three days this week. Uh, I moved to Seattle for 65 and cloudy, and I feel like that's not what I'm getting. So I feel like I need to like go like return it and like maybe move further north. How about you? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I spent the day at the pool. I, my house is air conditioned. It's a cool, crisp 68 degrees. I, I feel fantastic. I don't, what heat? What are you guys talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen up, Real Housewives. <laughs> so, oh, so, you know, I think it's totally cool. Like, you know, we saw Jesse today and like she worked out and so she was sweaty and like, you know, that makes sense. I'm coming from like the office to a restaurant and I am like dripping in sweat. <laughs> I'm like carrying this huge tote bag. My hair is all limp. I'm like, all my clothes is stuck to me. And then we go into the restaurant. I'm just like, where's the AC? And they're just like, it's on. I'm just like, are you sure? Because <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that's, I feel like somebody's just like blowing hot air at me. You know, when somebody's just like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> So glad you're enjoying summer, Nelson. <laughs> Again, I uh, I came in nicely tanned with uh, flip flops and shorts. I'm, I felt good. I don't I don't know what I don't know what you're thinking, Monica. <laughs> I don't know. You know. I don't know. And that bus ride home was fantastic because there's nothing better than like being hot and sticky and sweaty and like touching all these people that you don't know <laughs> on a crowded bus where like nobody else fits in, but somehow they keep saying move to the back. There is no more move to the back. You guys, that's it. <laughs> so anyway, that was my ride home. <laughs> so, but I know you have a nice air conditioned car, so you are probably cool going back over to the <laughs> East side. So live your best life, Nelson. <laughs> man this is so awkward our sponsor today is metro seattle metro <laughs> all right so awkward <laughs> all right well let's get on to the show episode 46 welcome to the seattle footy podcast we have great recaps that we're talking about now full disclosure monica we were talking about this off air we mm -hmm. are recording on a friday night because yes. monica is going to a event for ladies i guess I don't know. No, there's going to be some men there, but okay. um, I get I get to be. I'm pampered. glad you said there's going to be men there because people are going to people are probably thinking it's like, oh my god, she's going to a passion party. Yes, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I like those too. Um, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, eggplant emoji. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, it's just it's you know i mean nelson i get invited to a lot of food events and it's really nice because you know uh years ago i was really more life lifestyle i mean it wasn't just food on my account and so it is kind of nice to be invited to um an event that isn't necessarily centered on food and so you guys will hear all about that on my personal account later on next week just make sure you pick me up a cotton candy bath bomb yes we will make Just sure saying. you get the cotton candy one and it Perfect. will be the brightest pinkest one that I can find. So no worries, Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> Perfect. I didn't, I didn't get to, I didn't get to draw a bath this Friday because we're recording right now. So. I know. So no, no, no relaxation. Yeah. No relaxation yeah. for no, you. You know, me and baths. Mm -hmm. I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> no. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get started with the recap, shall we? Yes. Monica, we started off on a Monday near CenturyLink Field and Pioneer Square. Now, we've eaten here before. We're sad to see the gear and go, but in its place is a new Japanese restaurant called Matsu. Mm -hmm. And on Monday, we, several of our foodie friends and all got to sample several of their dishes. I absolutely love their presentation. And there's some dishes we normally don't find at other restaurants, like their tuna and salmon crispy rice rolls, the Cajun tuna and salmon tataki, and the matsu ceviche. I think all of mm -hmm. us love the matsu ceviche. Mm -hmm. And of course, Monica, I have to talk about that beautiful sashimi and nigiri platter. It was so pretty. What do you think? So I agree with you. I think the matsu ceviche was delightful, but I saw somebody eating like almost a whole bowl. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> so yes, it was delicious. I think I called it um, in, in my blog post, I think I referred to it as like a treasure hunt. Um, you just, there was, it was full of so much different seafood and I love that. Um, crispy rice rolls, I'm always a fan. So if you guys have a restaurant, crispy rice rolls is where it's at for me. The more rice I can eat, the better. And it's so crispy outside and tender inside is my sushi rice. And out of the tataki, I think the Cajun tuna was my favorite. It had such a nice bite on it. Um, I loved it. And of course, yes, you're right. That sashimi and nigiri platter was beautiful. You know, when food catches your eye like that, it just it just makes it so desirable to mm -hmm. eat. And so it makes it taste all the better. The more beautiful dishes, and if it tastes good, it just tastes so much better. And I love that they kept their chicken wings from Giren because I did yep. like those chicken wings a lot. They kept so. the KFC wings there. Mm -hmm. Now, full disclosure, I think this is the first time I've ha ever had a crispy rice roll. Ugh, don't take my yeah don't take my oh, wow. foodie card away from me that was wow. uh, oh my gosh yeah, i know Ooh, my entire perspective of you has changed now oh yeah yeah Ooh, see. boy yeah why'd no, you have no me street, as a co-host no street cred <laughs> <laughs> no back to matsu you guys got to check it out really loved a lot of their dishes very unique from a lot of japanese restaurants i mm -hmm. i don't see on their menu so okay monica this was fun. We did this yesterday. Tell us about a party on the water. So whenever I'm invited somewhere and they say they're, it's on the water, I'm just like, yeah, totally in. So we <laughs> went to the Seattle Waterfront party at Marina Cantina. And you know, Nelson, I just, I really wish I knew someone that went to UW that I could ask about Algo Verde Cafe. Um, do you know anyone like that, Nelson? I think I know a couple people like Emerald City <laughs> Eater and Tiny Hangry Tiff. They all went to UW. <laughs> a lot of people like all the responses I've been getting to my stories is, oh my God, I went to school there. I'm just like, how many people went to UW? Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> we went to the Seattle Waterfront Party, again, at Marina Cantina at Algo Verde Cafe. So we were up for cocktails and Mexican food, and the cocktails were rumba inspired. Um, it's owned by the same person who owns rumba. And so I had the rum punch, and I really loved it. Um, I think you know, Nelson, one thing I've been noticing as summer goes along, I feel like I've been drinking more. Have you noticed that? <laughs> you know why? Because you order everything watermelon. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you want me to come and drink cocktails at your place, have a watermelon drink. And then I'll just think it's juice <laughs> and it'll be totally fine. Feeling fine with my wine. Um, okay. So I had the rockfish tacos and I have to say it was a really beautiful presentation. Um, it was just really colorful. It had a mango salsa and it had some kale in it. And just, you know, again, getting back to beautiful dishes, right? It was really colorful and fun. Uh, Nelson, what did you have? I had the tortoise milanesa. 
because mm-hmm. you all ordered tacos, which totally fine because there was a lot of there's the rockfish as well as the salmon. So you guys ordered mm-hmm. a, lot, a bunch of fish tacos. Mm-hmm. I had tacos in Enumclaw for lunch, so I didn't mm-hmm. want to double up on the tacos for dinner. So mm-hmm. I really liked the torta. It was good. The bread was is a very nice and soft bread. I just I don't know why. Uh, well, I do know why. Sandwiches. Hello, what's a torta? That's a I Mexican know. sandwich. <laughs> sandwich. Yeah, it's a sandwich. Um, for sure. I'd never really been there. And so it was really interesting because like you were talking about, it's the kayaks, right? So if Mm -hmm. you're looking for something fun to do, I mean, awesome. Just head out on the kayaks, come back and have some cocktails and a few snacks. And it's good. It's like the perfect thing for a Seattle summer. I mean, we love summer here in Seattle. We can't wait for the sun to come out. We want to do everything all the time, 24 seven. But not Um, Monica, because she doesn't like the heat. I don't. For real. (laughs) Like for real. If it's over 75, I'm not happy. If you see me smiling, it's totally fake, I swear. Uh, <laughs> but also, I didn't realize it's like a 10-minute walk from Husky Stadium. And so that's an opportunity to, to tailgate. And it's really close to the light rail as well um, because parking can be at a premium in that area. Definitely, you know, I kind of like that it's out of the way a little bit because, you know, you have the restaurant upstairs and like downstairs is kind of like hidden a little bit. So it's kind of like a secret place. I kind of love that. You know my affinity for Agua Verde, so we don't have to talk. We don't have to talk yeah. anymore. Yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> All right, Monica, I got one more recap for you. Monica, you down with XLBs? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> oh, thank God you did it because I was going to sing the other hook afterward. <laughs> oh boy (laughs) all right so there's a new dozone dumpling house location and it is right across the street from the paramount theater Mm -hmm. monica you now can get dumplings and a show this would have been perfect last week grabbing some food and going to see ali wong i mean did you go to see ali wong no i didn't go see him but this would have been perfect (laughs) (laughs) okay now It would have been perfect if you went to the show. I got it. Okay. I say it would have been fitting. It's like, you know, dinner and Ali Wong. Okay. A comedian. Not yeah, because she's Asian real. or anything like that. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monica, I love Dozone. They have a Dozone in Issaquah, and I also go to the Bellevue one once in a while. What else do you enjoy at Dozone? Um, first of all, I agree with you about the location, Nelson. It's in the old Sansei location. And I'm telling people that because not all the geotags are fixed on different platforms. And so I want to be sure you guys know where it is. Um, XLBs, because you know me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also, I mean, really, you know, XLBs and Cubao is really what I always eat at Dozone. And then I have to say, I'm always looking for one green thing because, you know, I want to feel good about eating my vegetables because, you know. Um, got to do that. Um, so I like to get the cucumbers because they're kind of fun, the spiralized ones. Um, I always have to have a noodle dish. And so the dandan is one of the ones that I like. And then sometimes I get the pot stickers. So the pot stickers tonight, um, they were, they were exceptionally good tonight. Um, and so I really love those. Uh, what about you? Cause, uh, Nelson, we ordered a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, yes, we, we did. did. Yes, we did. Okay. So Monica, I can never get past ordering the same thing when I'm at Dozen with mm-hmm. all my friends, whether we've like eaten there five times already, or this is the first time mm-hmm. um, another friend has came with me. We always order the same thing. It's the pork XLBs, 
as well as the Qbao, and then we do a noodle dish, usually the jajangmyeon or the dandan noodles, and then we always get the cucumber. And that and we don't get oh in the in the beef roll too as well. Oh yeah. So we didn't order that tonight, but I mm-hmm. usually get that too as well. But I can never get past ordering that because we're always ordering the same thing. So this kind of gave us like an opportunity to kind of try other things on Dozone's menu. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the XLBs are the only things I usually order. So, but Mm -hmm. we got to do the shrimp and pork steamed dumplings. We also got to try regular dumplings and Mm -hmm. the pan fried ground beef cake was also good too. And the chive cake as well. So there's a lot of things that I didn't get to try. And this is the only Dozone that has bubble tea and drinks too as well. For sure. And so we uh, we got some passion fruit tea over on my end of the table, because believe it or not, guys, Nelson and I try to sit apart sometimes when we're at places with other people <laughs> on our side of the table. Uh, Tiff had a salad. So we're eating salad down on our end. <laughs> I never had a salad at Dozone. Um, it's just one of those things because I'm like you. Usually when I go to Dozone, I'm only going with one other person. So, you know, you're limited in terms of like how many dishes you're going to get if you mean to like eat it all. So it was nice to go with a bigger group and get to try a bunch of different things. Absolutely. Okay. For the people that are not seeing Ali Wong, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right now at the Paramount. So dumplings <laughs> and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Fixed it for you all. <laughs> Did you see that on the reader board or you like follow the Paramount so you can see shows? No, I do. No, I I follow it. (laughs) I I missed on Wicked, but and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I might want to go see that one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's going to be great when they open up the the transit again, because the the light rail used to stop right there, too. So now it's under construction. So it'll be really great when that's fixed. All right, Monica, those are our recaps for this week. Let's move on to some events, shall we? Yes. You want to go? Okay. I'll go ahead and first. So you village rejoice because you guys now have avocado toast and coffee cocktails making its way to you. Mr. West, the popular brunch, breakfast, and lunch spot out in downtown has now opened in the U Village. And now you can enjoy this new bistro with beautiful interiors and ambiance. I've been to the downtown location, Monica. Love having their house-cured salmon toast and Greek yogurt. Mm -hmm. They also have charcuterie boards later in the day on the weekdays. And there's wonderful salads as well for lunch. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of avocado toast. They have a good selection of toast in general. And toast is one of those things you can eat for breakfast or it can be a snack in the afternoon. I also love their green tea lattes. And actually, they usually have a seasonal shrub. And so I find a lot of joy in that seasonal shrub, whatever it is. Several of our friends already went there and I saw it. It was beautiful. It's beautiful interior, just similar to the one in the downtown location. So if our friends went there, how come we didn't get an invite? It wasn't an invite. They just went and got coffee, Monica. Okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It it does look beautiful though, for real. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Opening New Village now. So Monica, what else you got? Let's see, today I'm going to talk about the Chinatown International District or CID block party. So Nelson, you and I are both in love with Chinatown. That is absolutely clear. On Saturday, August 3rd from 3 o'clock to 9 o'clock, the Chinatown International District is having a free block party. So this is a community event and they have a really great music lineup. Get this, featuring Prometheus Brown. I can't remember last time I've seen Prometheus Brown on on the list anywhere. And so that's kind of exciting. I mean, that's something I'm actually thinking about going to, but I don't know what set he's playing yet. 
um, as part of this event, there's also going to be a bar hunt. And that runs from like 11 o'clock in the morning all the way to 2 a.m. because it's a bar hunt. So you're following these <laughs> clues, you're like drinking beers and cocktails, and you're just exploring the Chinatown Air National District neighborhood. And so it's kind of a fun idea. I'm not going to go over the clues because they say that it's subject to change. Um, the mm -hmm. winner of the bar hunt is actually going to win a $100 gift card. So that's pretty fun. You get to drink and possibly win some money. I mean, win all the way around. Uh, there's no <laughs> specifics on food right now. Um, have you been to this before, Nelson? No, I've. This is the first time I've heard about the CID block mm. party. I've I've went I went to it once, so I don't really know how long it's been running. Um, so there's usually food trucks, but I, I don't have any news on that surprisingly. But in the meantime, you can listen to our podcast episode 19, and on that show, we Nelson and I are talking about our favorite Chinatown eats because this event not only goes to like being a community event, is also highlighting Chinatown International District businesses. So uh, follow the CID block party on Instagram or Facebook uh, for updates about what's happening. And it really looks to be a pretty fun event. For the bar hunt guys, if you're still doing it at 2 a.m., I highly suggest Bush Gardens. I'm sure you'll find a clue somewhere in Bush Gardens. <laughs> oh, yeah. With I'm one sure. of those karaoke songs. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what else you got, Nelson? Okay, Monica, I got something for you on the weekday. So who doesn't love outdoor happy hour? Uh, nobody. Everybody, Nobody, loves that. Right? Everybody loves that. I know. I'm talking about the wine and art happy hour at Westlake Park. Yeah, the Westlake Park. So Wednesdays from 5 to 7 at Westlake Park through August, you can enjoy some wine and art at the Occidental Park. For this week, this Wednesday, in addition, there will be food trucks available and a free watercolor painting activity as well. For this Wednesday, we got music, classical and original music, which will be performed by the Brazilian band Onda Verde and Pascal Santos. So there's going to be live music, wine pours, mm -hmm. probably some food trucks. I'm thinking mm -hmm. maybe Sugar and Spoon probably will probably make, mm -hmm. make an appearance there. Probably some other other good ones. So mm -hmm. that sounds like fun. Happy hour. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love, you know, I work in downtown Seattle and uh, during the summer, there's like a number of different like daytime concert series around lunch. I actually did not know about this happy hour one, Nelson. So teaching me a thing or two about my hood. So sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. In your hood, downtown Seattle. Hood, downtown Seattle on the rough streets of downtown Seattle. That's right. My hood is downtown Issaquah. <laughs> everything, does everything close at like six? <laughs> except, except the Village Theater because it goes past 11. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty if you late. You want to see Beauty and the Beast musical, you know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too funny. Monica, you've got the Seafair event. I, I gave you this assignment because, A, when I think Seafair, all I think is water, blue angels, and hydroplanes, yeah. and I don't think anything else. And you came up with some really cool events around that Seafair time. So tell us about it. Yeah. Um, so it isn't summer in Seattle without Seafair. And I've lived in Seattle for a really long time. And actually, when my son was younger, we would pretty much go to like every event. So in addition to the big events, like you're talking about, like the air show, the hydroplanes, and like the, the torchlight run, you know, mm -hmm. there's like tons of smaller community driven events every year. So um, the ones that I'm highlighting, I've been to one and I haven't been to the other one. But this weekend, um, August 2nd through the 4th, on you know that that entire time friday saturday sunday um there's magnolia summer fest and umoja fest africa town heritage festival in different neighborhoods so each of those events has a parade on saturday and you'll be able to get all the festival food you, you expect to see we know what it is right it's ice cream it's popsicles it's tacos seafood and just 
all kinds of good stuff. And there's going to be tons of family fun. And a lot of these festivals, these ones in particular have music and just, it's a great way um, to get to know your neighborhood as well, because they're neighborhood driven tends to be people who live in the area. So again, I used to go to a lot of these when my kid was younger. Now we just go to the big ones because he's kind of less tolerant of being dragged around as a, as a tween. Um, but a lot of fun i used to run that torchlight run all the time the 8k wow that's yeah i can't I walk a... an 8k <laughs> yes you can monica we can do this, <laughs> we can do this monica our the old last... bones our bones may be really really old but they still move we can do it yeah no uh i think one of the really big highlights is uh you get to run through the the parade route before the parade even starts and you're high-fiving mm. kids i don't know it's just high-fiving all the kids that are holding their hands out and stuff oh that's yeah. so cool you know the let, let me tell you a story, Nelson. Um, the last time I hiked nine miles over lava rock to go see the volcano of the Big Island Hawaii, I broke my Fitbit. So that's the universe telling me not to do that anymore. <laughs> so message thought, received, universe. Message received. Uh, I thought it was like a, an ultimate story. Is like I had to run nine miles because the volcano was erupting in front of me. So I had to like make I had to beat the volcano before. Dude, you know. nine miles hiked over like lava rock. That's hard. That's not like grass <laughs> or like I know. asphalt. That's hard. Oh, yeah, I know. We we went to where the lava was falling into the sea. Ah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> check out check out the Seafair page every year. And, and again, I check it earlier than later, like starting in May, look at all of the events because there's tons of stuff that you might not know about. And um, really, that's a way that I also used to learn about neighborhoods when I first moved here um, and just exploring areas outside my comfort zone. And it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Okay, Monica, I got one last event to tell everybody about. Now, it's not this coming week, but it's actually the week after. But I just want to make sure you guys know about it before it gets before it sells out because it's it may be a very, very popular event. So on Saturday, August 10th, in honor of Jack's Barbecue for their fifth year anniversary, because they've been in business for five years. I can't believe it's been already five years. Yeah. So Jack's in celebration, we'll be having the first annual Lone Slow Festival, a day of music, barbecue, and shenanigans. And for the food part, this is cool, Jack will be cooking up a whole steer, oh like gosh. a whole steer. Yeah. So there's going to be tons of barbecue beef, along with Jack's standard menu of barbecue fare too as well. But there's going to be a lot, a lot of meat. That's going to be awesome. In addition, there will be frozen margaritas from Tromba and plenty of Shiner Bock beer. And Monica, because it's outside at the lot by next to Jack's, mm -hmm. they're going to be doing a concert too, a live concert. Well, that's kind of fun. And as you know, Nelson, I'm always down for shenanigans. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm down no, for the music. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun for real. Um, I'm a fan of Jack's brisket and um, love the sweet tea and definitely haven't been to a party there. So it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be all day from 10 AM to 6 PM mm -hmm. and you can get tickets, go, go to the Facebook page. And then you can also go on the Instagram page too, as well to their link in the bio and you can purchase tickets there. Um, I'm excited to eat lots of barbecue. Oh, yes. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> Jack's Barbecue, first annual low and slow festival. Make sure you get tickets. 
Okay, Monica, let's get into our interview. I think you've known this guy for quite some time, so I'll let you introduce him. Oh, thank you. So, Nelson, have you ever been to Fremont Sunday Market or the Mobile Food Radio? I've been to both. Yes, I have. Awesome. So our guest today is Ryan Ryder of Northwest Marketplaces. He actually works behind the scenes to make those events happen. Here's our interview with Ryan. Today we're here with Ryan Ryder of Northwest Marketplaces. You already know Ryan's work from some of Seattle's most popular neighborhood markets like Fremont and South Lake Union, not to mention the epic seafood street food events like Seattle Street Food Festival. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, thanks. So Ryan, how did you get started promoting food businesses in Seattle? Well, it's a two-part answer. One, uh, my folks started one of the oldest markets, which is the Fremont Sunday Market, which is kind of a based on a European-style uh, kind of flea market, uh, which is big on food, and that's grown into other markets like the Ballard's uh, Farmer's Market. When I moved back about uh, 10 years ago from Los Angeles, um, you know, I took over a little bit of the operations, and then I started to kind of craft some of our things more known under the mobile food rodeo, and just tried to find ways to kind of represent our city uh, while not trying to represent the, uh, the industry of food vendors and things, but just try to celebrate it, I guess, and just try to make it something that's use, uh, useful for both sides and enjoyed by the public. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think I first started getting to know you at Fremont because it's someplace that I would spend a lot of time. Um, mm -hmm. I would pretty much be there on a weekly basis. So for me, it was always a place of exploration and learning about new business and um, just it has its own character. And I think all of your markets have their own character, which is one of the things that I love. Yeah, I mean, every we always say that the community surrounding uh, a marketplace is really what defines uh, what will be there and its longevity. So uh, when we started out South Lake Union Saturday Market five years ago, uh, people had asked us what kind of market's going to be, and we said, well, that's really up to the neighborhood and how fast it grows. And so it's it's been a really unique kind of hybrid of a farmer's market meets you know a public market, uh, what we kind of call an all-food market which is really just big on food trucks and street food uh, kind of, you know, uh, versus farms and things. We feel like there's enough representation already, so we felt we tried something different. Yeah, and I think that's a great idea because Seattle's a really great place to get fresh produce and fresh goods from makers. Not really a lot of places to congregate around just street food. And, and so the concept that you were talking about earlier about how a neighborhood defines a market, I think I wouldn't have understood that 10 years ago, but mm -hmm. now having seen your work and actually seeing markets evolve, like seeing Sat Lake Union from the beginning, seeing Magnuson Park from the beginning, I think I understand what that means because they all feel different. And I'm just someone who goes to all of them and I'm part of some of the neighborhoods and not others. Right. But, but I just, I love that about how you do your work. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, it's a, it's it, it. What's been really unique to see is what interests the vendors, which vendors take interest in which markets, and why they choose those markets. Um, some are big on crowds, where some are more steady. Uh, some are younger, uh, so there's you know maybe, uh, and you don't need thousands of people to support the vendors. You just need you know the people that are showing up to actually participate and uh, you know uh, pay for it. So yeah, Magnuson and like South Lake Union have been really unique and uh, our, you know, the way we define success is that if a vendor can come down for an affordable fee, which most of our fees start at around 50 bucks, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the goal is, is that not only can they promote themselves, 
they can engage with our audiences and hopefully at the end of the day after they paid all their costs which I know aren't cheap they can actually hopefully have some money left over to reinvest and kind of grow their vision and their business so that's our goal mm -hmm. doesn't always work out but mm -hmm. for the most part the vendors that come back that shows that it is working in some capacity for sure and that's something that I've seen in some some vendors that have come to your market I mean I always tell people when they ask me what's going on with food in Seattle um, I find it at the markets I find yeah. the newest hottest food because these are really just micro businesses yeah. I mean often just one or two people family members um, starting out a business something they've been you know cooking for friends and family and they want to try something new but really something unique that I might not be tasting at a restaurant and, yeah. and so I love that sort of incubator feel of it where yeah. someone can learn and grow into something bigger yeah and what's unique is uh, there's a couple examples uh, one was Jeannie's Ethiopian that started with us last year uh, uh, Spice Walla mm -hmm. uh, who now is a brick-and-mortar Susu, which is now going into brick and mortar. I'm always really excited when I hear that news. Genie's is no longer with us on a regular, but they have expanded and they've been doing really well. Mm -hmm. So we're really proud of being kind of a launching pad. Mm -hmm. And one thing we try to do is also understand when someone comes to us is what are your goals? So like, you know, are you just looking to do this as kind of a passion project? Are you looking to start a food truck? Are you looking to have an empire? Because we want to make sure that anybody who comes through our doors, whether we accept them or not, we can be a resource mm -hmm. because it's more important for people to understand the challenges and a lot of what we impart wisdom of is what we've learned from our vendors. So we say this is what our vendors have shared with us versus me saying like defining the rules um, and I like to be wrong sometimes but we also want to make sure that someone's going to plunk down for pr equipment, permits, staff, food product you know, we want to see them succeed to the best of their ability, you know, so um, that's really important to mm -hmm. us too and to all of our staff, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I love that because different businesses do have different goals. Some some vendors just want to do the street market, you know, the farmer's market scene, and yeah. that's fine. That's that's their business line, but other people have other things, and so offering that flexibility, some mentorship, some guidance, some support where you can, I mean, yeah. I, I love that. And I think those are the things like my listeners, our listeners don't know about, you yeah. know, like the, on, the, on the back end. You're not just someone that's selling like a 10 by 10 tent. That, that's not it. Yeah. That's not the goal. Yeah, in essence, it's kind of a, we provide a space and, and a crowd, hopefully. But yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, my family business is, is now 30 years old. So Fremont celebrates its 30th anniversary in September. And uh, the goal is, is really just to, to continue to stay affordable. I think in our 30 years, uh, we've only raised our prices, I think, about five, four to five times. Mm -hmm. And we keep it low and it's based on a percentage so that if they do well, we do well. But, you know, we want people to be able to never feel discouraged or... Um, that the price of a booth is the uh, you know is their barrier of entry. Mm -hmm. So you know hopefully we can. It, so we're both in it together. And I tell people like, hey, if you don't do well, we don't do well. And so there's there's a flex there, and I think there's a camaraderie there. Um, and we we try to be pretty transparent about our costs. The city is changing, and other than like a farmers market, which receives they get a break on their permits. Mm -hmm. I get no breaks on my permits. So I have one of the our markets pay uh, growing fees and stuff like that, and. So that's what reflects on the, 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 the fees for a booth. But generally speaking, we've still been able to keep it relatively mm -hmm. affordable. So, yeah. Something that folks might really be interested in is how you choose vendors. For me as a consumer, I don't want to come to a market and have like four people selling fried chicken. Like I want good variety yeah. and selection. Like what's that process like for your markets? Yeah, so we have an application that usually uh, launches sometime in September for the following year. Uh, there is a set fee, but it does allow you to get into any of our markets. So versus, you know, doing like 
fees for different things. It's a basically a jury fee. It allows for our staff to look at it, meet with you, do a tasting, uh, and just really walk you through the steps. So we look at a percentage on each uh, market. And so each percentage of our market is made up of X amount of food vendors in three categories. One, prepared food, farm, and processor. Uh, our markets are smaller on farm and processor, but we do allow them. But primarily with street food, we go usually, like for Fremont, we're at about a 12 to 15% of our overall. So what we look at it doing is having a healthy balance. Hopefully, throughout the year, like we'll go a little higher in the summers, a little bit lower in the winters. And the goal is, is so we don't cut the pie too thin for everybody. So they can always make relatively what they need to at the market, depending on weather. We also look at, you know, when we say we support small business, we're really more focused on micro business. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of folks who've grown up, you know, in the past, you know, one was uh, Verace. They started at Ballard and it's also at Fremont. And over the years, they've grown quite considerable. And so they left us, I think, two years ago, but it was of goodwill. And I think it was just time to move on. We want to see people grow up and move on uh, so that other people can have that opportunity as well. So we also look at things that we think would be attractions for the market. What would bring people down to our market and make our market uniquely different than, say, you know, a sister market? You know, we want Magnus to be a little different than South Lake Union. South Lake can be a little different than Fremont. We also, you know, with Fremont, we go with kind of more the try and true, uh, you know, even, you know, like with folks that we know will be able to produce X amount of food per time. South Lake Union, we take more risks. People who are like, I have an idea, and they're, you know, they come in, they show it to us, and they, they prove that they can kind of hustle it through. Um, so, like, you know, uh, Spice Walla was a good one. Mm -hmm. They were our highest producer last year for a 10 by 10 like, physical footprint, and it was great. And now they're in a, you know, they're in a brick and mortar, which I would have never expected. It was expected. fast. It was yeah. one season. Yeah. And I've so, never seen that. <laughs> And I've, I've spoken with him a few times and said, how's it going? He says, you know, we're learning every day. But they're really, they really thought it out well and they took an opportunity. And I think that their growth will, is they've, they've controlled their growth, which is nice. So they, they've taken the steps forward as they feel comfortable. And I think that's the biggest. Magnuson Park is kind of a, a, a meld between the other markets. And um, so we look for things that are we think are exotic or uh, you wouldn't find anywhere, mm -hmm. like Fire and Scrape. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were really unique. No one was doing raclette. Uh, Spice Walla was doing Indian food that was not traditional Indian food. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is traditional, but it's not what you'd find in general restaurants, and that was really cool. Mm -hmm. So things that will get buzzed, things what people will come back for week after mm -hmm. week and uh, really make that their resident market. Yeah. Um, for sure, South Lake Union this season has been sort of an exploration for me because there have been so many new vendors. I haven't even made it around to all of them. And so I, I really like the variety. I have a couple favorites already. Yeah. Um, Sticky Sweets and Treats is one of my favorites. They're good. It's, it's on my list of top things to eat this summer. Um, we, we did that on the podcast That's, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Just that warm, sticky rice and cold ice cream is fantastic. It's low commitment, too. You can have one right? of those and you can keep eating. <laughs> for sure. So let's see. It's... It's what, July going into August now. So what do you got planned for the rest of the year? What can people look forward to? Yeah, so we, we continue with the pop-ups at South Lake Union. Uh, Fremont will have a few going more into the fall season just because of you know when South Lake Union ends, we'd like to kind of continue that. So we always have a food truck roundup every second Saturday up until September, and then in going October in the fall, it's every second Sunday. We have a uh, like an urban bake sale. We have, uh, what else? 
We have a sweet tooth coming up on July 27th, but we've got a number of different things. Uh, the grilled cheese uh, tickets just went on sale and that's now in South Lake Union. Uh, we've made that different. So now the biggest struggle we had is we were a 21 over and then we would try to be family friendly. And so what we've done is we've made it two parts. So the majority of the food trucks will be open to the public. Uh, so families can come down and enjoy people who want to do more of a, a, food, a food tasting. Uh, so we'll have chefs cooking um, as part of that beer or part of the ticket, mm -hmm. and then you can drink beers and things like that. So it's really meant for whatever you want to do. But yeah. um, and then Trucktoberfest, the uh, that's in October. Uh, that'll be back in South Lake Union. One that is coming up that we partner with. It's really fun that people don't know about it. It's a little bit of a stretch and a drive, but it's the Sobazar Night Market over mm -hmm. in Redmond. That's really fun. We've been doing that with uh, the city of Redmond for uh, four years now. And so it takes place over the last three Thursdays in uh, the uh, Redmond like, uh, City Connector mm -hmm. space. By, um, so that's been fun. Uh, they do a really great job on their programs and things that I think you know, we would love to be able to do with a more permanent space, like mm -hmm. in South Lake Union. Um, a lot of what we find ourselves challenged with is having a resident spot that we can set things up in a long period of time. South Lake Union so much still still so much construction yeah changing every day so we only have so much time <laughs> yeah. we're allowed on the street so it does limit some of the uh, decor and flavor that we could add mm -hmm. you know but eventually I hope we can have more of a resident spot so yeah, yeah. I think you'll probably get there so um, this is a food podcast so what are you eating what am I eating yeah were you cooking at home or eating out or besides street food <laughs> yeah uh, well, I never eat at my events. Uh, I always like I always eat it like find my vendors maybe at another place or mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, just because I don't ever feel like I have time, and usually, thankfully, the lines are pretty long. Um, so we 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 chalk that up. I was recently at Spice Walla uh, and had a couple other Kathy Rose, which I actually got to enjoy also on Uber Eats. Oh, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, and that was kind of nice to see because I sometimes with a new kiddo in the house, I just never get out as much. Ice cream wise, Frankie and Joe's. Oh, nice. Love Frankie and Joe's um, just because like, I don't feel it really takes away from a traditional ice cream. No. It's completely a different Delicious. flavor category yeah. and palette. As far as food at the market, go-tos like Steady's are always Piroshki, Piroshki, uh, just for a quick nibble. Alexander's macaroons for mm -hmm. sweets. Sticky rice is a good one. Tolu, I actually really enjoyed the, the Fijian cuisine, which mm -hmm. I thought was really unique and different. As far as uh, like, what I'd say was probably my most surprising vendor this year would probably have been, who is it? Gosh, uh, I'm just trying to go through the list of people. Oh, Mobile Burgers I actually was really surprised with. When they came by and they said they wanted to do a burger pop-up, I was like, burgers? You know, but it's a halal-style burger. Uh, so it has, it does take in a, a little bit of a different flavor palette. But what I like about it is uh, it's kind of plays to the traditional like, you know, burger, but you can load it up with different things. So mm -hmm. their Swiss mushroom burger is really good. And you can, they're big enough, but they're not too big where like you, you can't eat anything else. Mm -hmm. That's one thing we really like about having some of the smaller nibbles and like snack size stuff at Celtic Union. People usually want to try one or two things uh, versus just having a full meal. And so we really try to make sure people know like, hey, you'll do better and your neighbors will do better if you guys kind of share the crowd and mm -hmm. versus trying to take one customer out of the, the mix. So, um, but yeah, there's, you know, we have a couple rotations. We've got another one called Ricem, which is doing something they just came on, and I think we'll have them on more often. Mm -hmm. So the goal is just to keep 
moving vendors through, um, and uh, you know, hopefully every year if we lose one or two, we can gain one or two newbies. Um, Tanner from Sticky Rice has done a really great job, and yes. you can catch his mom back his there. His mom is back there <laughs> cooking that rice, yeah. and I just love just smiling at her and watching her work. Kind of like uh, Ty from Magazine, his dad back there cooking oh, yeah, the chicken. Yeah. It's well, like such a family affair for these businesses. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and I think for most folks, if they, they really, if they get a chance to come down, if you walk behind the booths, like kind of between Denny Park, you'll see the families in action. Mm -hmm. And it really is important to take the opportunity to purchase something and try something or tell your friends. So if you're Instagramming or you're down there, help share because this, while we do you know, count on them for a certain amount of revenue, the goal is really to benefit the, the vendors more mm -hmm. so. You know, we do it more and so in numbers, but like to meet the maker, to meet that chefpreneur is what we call them. Uh, and put a smile on their face. I mean, like to see them sell out, you know, or put that on the board, sold out. That's that makes me happy. Well, that makes you happy. It doesn't make me happy. <laughs> it depends on what time you get there. I will say, people at any festival or food market uh, will always say you either should show up early or later in the day. Yeah. But people who are like, I'm going to go at the lunchtime, like, um, you know, uh, it doesn't usually benefit. Yeah. But unlike you know our larger festivals the south lake union saturday market is really geared to be a the same type of thing on a smaller scale without the huge crowds mm -hmm. um you'll get those every now and then but sure. you know that way you can enjoy it because some people are like oh i missed the seattle street food festival i'm like you can go <laughs> every week every saturday <laughs> every week yeah I yeah and sure. so but you know <laughs> There you go. All right, Ryan. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. So thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, hope it was uh, useful. It's great. Cool. And that's our interview with Ryan Ryder. Um, Nelson, you know, you're right. I've known uh, Ryan since before, maybe around the first mobile food rodeo. And I think the mobile food rodeo just celebrated his like, 10th anniversary. You know, back in the day before I was sort of running around for Instagram all the time and a podcast, pretty much all of my weekends were spent at Fremont Sunday Market. And that's where I would be every weekend. And so that's how I got to know a lot of vendors, got to know Ryan and his staff a lot better. He's a really cool guy who is trying to do a lot for the food community in a really interesting way. I think it's so great. They introduced the Wednesday Market mm -hmm. out there. And then, of course, the Saturday Market is just always booming. Mm -hmm. um, always a lot of our favorite vendors are there. And so, yeah, I mean, it's I, I think it's great. And I, I love to see that they're expanding the market, giving shots at... Uh, small food vendors yeah. to be able to show their stuff. I think it's great. Like Rysum, you know, that we just talked about mm -hmm. last week and Mangosteen, of course, and yeah. a lot of other, a lot of other small vendors that, that don't get a chance because they, they can't do a brick and mortar. So I think it's great that they're showcasing that. For sure. Um, love that. And, I, and as you know, I just love street food. So I'm always out there anyway. And so really trying to support micro businesses myself in any way that I can. And so I love um, Ryan and his team. I've gotten to know the staff and it's just like, it's, it's like family, you know, I mean, it, it's all about uh, making it the best event and supporting people as best you can. All right, Monica, that's pretty much our show for today. Any lasting remarks? Oh boy, I just hope it's not too hot this weekend because I'm melting. <laughs> I'm melting. I'm gonna have to start. I'm gonna have to bring out my parasol. <laughs> I have a parasol. <laughs> what if your job like relocates you or your family has to move to like I don't know Arizona or Houston? Yeah, or something like that. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle's my forever home. I always say that. But if it gets hotter, I'm gonna have to move to Alaska. Oh, you man. weren't okay. Seattle. <laughs> yeah.
So I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, we're going to have to adjust our recording times if you move to Alaska. I know, right? Wait, wait, will it be called the Alaska Foodie Foodie Podcast or the Anchorage Foodie Podcast? Yeah, you know, we'll just be like those influencers who like have Seattle accounts but don't actually live here. <laughs> uh, zing. Okay. <laughs> well, that's enough for our... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we'll end it there. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. And... Happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.